Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson, and I am your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in and may the Lord bless this episode greatly, in particular, to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, today I am joined by Patrick Covington and Kyle Slaymaker, two of our elders here, and uh, it is a privilege for us to discuss biblical eldership uh, as the topic for today's episode. This is another uh, edition in our new members series. So before we jump into things, uh, men, how are you doing? Doing good. Yeah, doing great. Glad, Glad to, to be, be here. here. Good, good. Do uh, kind of question your you know, reliability if you're going to have Kyle and I as the ones talking about <laughs> biblical eldership, but... Uh, Oh, I Glad thought you guys be would be perfect for this conversation today. Kyle, at least, yeah. Yeah, we're the least, no, maybe not the least elder elders, but we're close. <laughs> hey, uh, what is it? Jesus said something about the least among you will be the That's greatest. Right. That's See, right. Yep. Young in Pick- years, therefore we've, we're, we're great. <laughs> Picked the best two here. Well, as you've already heard and as you've seen on the title, we're going to be talking about biblical eldership today. And we're just going to cover some, maybe some common questions that might arise uh, for some who maybe biblical eldership, this, even this concept is a new concept, uh, specifically those who will be coming to join our church and curious about what makes us tick, like what sort of things are distinctive about uh, believers. And so uh, I'm going to pass it off in just a moment to, to Patrick. But we do have, uh, if you are listening um, and are curious on our church website page, we do have an area where we have all of our distinctives listed. So you can actually go on there and and check those out at any point, and we may link that in the show notes of this episode. But we do want to just start off the episode with just a basic, simple question. What is an elder? Patrick, can you give us just a basic definition of that? Sure. Yeah, an elder really uh, simply put on the the simplest of terms that I can come up with is uh, an elder is a pastor, uh, right? Commonly in our culture, that's what you hear them called, elders, uh, pastors. There's a third term for it in the New Testament called an overseer. Uh, These three are really used interchangeably, um, all referring to the same office, and that is um, that office that refers to the spiritual leaders of a church uh, body. Um, really, uh, and if you're looking at our distinctive page, uh, the beginning of the second sentence there at the top, it sums it up well um, in that it, it says it refers to this uh, unique group of leaders who have the responsibility of, uh, for overseeing the people of God. So I think um, simplest of terms, that's what we're talking about when we talk about biblical elders. Well, cool. I think that's very helpful. And Kyle, just to kind of piggyback off this first question, who can be an elder? Um, is it a limited role? Can can anyone uh, potentially become an elder? You know, let's just briefly talk about that for a moment. Yeah. So, I mean, thankfully, the Bible does give us some guidelines as far as who can be an elder. Um, first and foremost, uh, it is uh, for believers, members of the church, uh, men in the church. Um, it is men that are to be elders in the church. Uh, in uh, Titus one, uh, we have a list of qualifications for elders. 
Um, and if you'd like, I can uh, read those out. But the uh, qualifications for elders is they must be husband of one wife. Uh, his children must be believers um, and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Um, and he must be above reproach, not, a gar- not arrogant or quick-tempered, not a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, holy, upright, and disciplined. He must uh, hold firm and trustworthy the word is taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also be able to rebuke those who contradict it. Um, it also talks about, I think, in Timothy, where it talks about that he must not be a recent convert, um, or he may be, uh, yep, it said he must, he must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. So, is that First Timothy 3? Yeah, that's First Timothy yeah. 3, uh, verse 6. So, yeah, the idea is it's uh, someone who's a believer, um, someone who uh, has the ability to teach, someone who has been um, not a recent convert uh, in the church. And um, and uh, has those uh, those qualifications. Right, is is above reproach, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, just reading off, I mean, that's you just read straight from the pages of scripture, and you know, we might think of someone as an elder being like the perfect man, right? Like, there's no one that's going to actually meet all of these qualifications all the time. So, just briefly, uh, I'll just open it up just real quickly, uh, kind of off the cuff. Does that, uh, do those qualifications, does that, uh, you guys are both in the office of elder. How do do you guys um, feel whenever you read a list like that? And uh, is there hope for maybe some who would aspire to be, you know, uh, in the future or something like that? How, How do you, how do you work through those qualifications just briefly? Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it ought to characterize us, uh, I think, is probably the best way of saying it. Um, you know, the the qualification there in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3, you know, saying you, you know, must not be violent but gentle. That is talking about a pattern of life, right? Uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, one time you get upset with your child and, and blow up and all of a sudden you're disqualified for eldership for the rest of your life, right? That's not what it's talking about. It's more concerned with a, a pattern of life, a, a character trait of, of men who would be qualified. So, uh, yeah, if, it, if the expectation was perfection, we would all fall terribly short. Yeah, isn't that nice that it's not? Mm-hmm. And in Titus, you know, uh, as I read it, you know, it talked a little bit I, as I was reading it. it I, I like the definition of 1 Timothy when it talks about your children. It's, you know, it talks about keeping your children submissive. So, you know, it's not saying that if, uh, if, you're, if you're an adult and you have a child that's not a believer, you know, that that disqualifies you either. Yeah. Um, it's more about the idea of being able to control your household and being able to, uh, to raise your children up, being pouring into your children. And the idea of if you can rule your household well, then, um, you know, you'd be uh, qualified to be an elder. Yeah, so there would be an observable pattern of order within mm-hmm. your household, right? Exactly. Um, from, from the top down. I think that's really, really helpful. Okay, so, um, you know, as, as I was kind of thinking about putting this episode together, this, of course, is a supplement to some of our new members' classes. But uh, I was thinking about some p- potential questions, maybe some objections, some, some difficulties. But I thought about this is we may have someone who has never really heard the term used at all in their church experience, um, the term elder. And so they come to our church and hear that, and we have four or five of you guys installed. Um, So why haven't some folks, uh, what would be some reasons why some folks haven't heard the term, uh, even if they've been in church for most of their lives? Well, um, 
Oh, I, I was just Go ahead. spoke up Go ahead. <laughs> without ever considering you, Kyle. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, that's um, it, it's a shame that it's like that. I mean, sometimes, you know, it could be people just coming from different backgrounds and, and then the office being called different things, something as simple as a pastor um, or a Presbyterian background, even a presbyter, something like that. Um, but uh, we, we can't ignore the reality um, that especially in the – uh, Southern Baptist world uh, around us, there is not a plurality of elders ruling churches, uh, and and it's a shame. Uh, really, the the model for so many churches is you have one pastor who effectively acts as the president and the CEO, and then he has a bunch of deacons surrounding him that effectively just do his bidding, uh, and that's very problematic. I mean, for obvious reasons, uh, you know, one man is going to have um, even the best of men going to have you know blind spots and and issues and uh it's really important then the plurality of elders we're kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit but um you know considering um you know one another and how multiple godly men complement and help people stay on the straight and narrow versus veering off and one man's direction so that's a that's a common reason i think um for most around us would be most churches don't um don't have a biblical model of church leadership yeah i, I would agree with you there kyle do you have anything to add to that no and i'm, I'm glad Pat, patrick spoke up because i was i was not raised here i was raised up in alaska and the church i was raised in actually did have elders so for me it was a very normal and common thing for me that's so fascinating to, to come yeah. down and uh and so it it's not something I was exposed to a whole lot of the idea of not uh, not having elders. So, um, you know, and I know also there's some, uh, I think of the um, Church of uh, the Mormons, you know, they like to use the term elder, and I they think do. they twisted yep. some of those terms. So I think maybe that also some Christians have tried to, you know, disassociate yep. Yep. themselves from, from those terms. Yeah. But biblically, I mean, we see that that is what... Uh, that's what we are called and whether to be your elders or overseers. Yeah, dozens so. of times in the New Testament, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, my background's completely different. I was raised in, you know, small little churches and none of them actual being Southern Baptist, but more independent Baptist churches around and it was it was one pastor and maybe an associate pastor and that's what we had and yep. that's what I knew. Um and then branching out, uh you know, discovered that wasn't the best way. Yep. So. I, I knew the elders well because uh, me and my buddy, we like to uh, do silly things around the church. And I remember one time we were playing baseball in the backyard and broke the window. And uh, <laughs> me and my buddy had to go sit in front of the elder board and explain what oh. happened. And they had to, uh, they, they doled out the punishment to us that we had to, I think we had to like mow the lawn or do something. So we were able to oh, pay for the Those guys are so, cruel. Yes. <laughs> what punishment? I was... Well, that's, that's great. Yeah, so what's interesting is after you guys have just said that, so there's three of us talking about this, and uh, Kyle grew up with elders in his church. Patrick did not, and neither did I. I also grew up, not also, I grew up in the Southern Baptist world full on, but I also grew up in churches that were led by one pastor with deacons. That's just, that was, that was how you did church. Uh, you might have an associate pastor, um, you know, that was a com- that's a common thing, senior pastor, associate, and then there's like, you know, three or four or five deacons. And so I came across this whole concept really about 10 years ago or so um, when I came up to, to East Texas for the first time. And I was introduced to some of the uh, nine marks 
uh, material on ecclesiology, on church polity. I know those are big words, but just how to govern and order church structure. And, uh, so those, those kinds of resources were my introduction to uh, the whole concept mm-hmm. of, of elders. And so that was a new thing for me. So anyway, that, that may be the case for many listening as well. So I think that sure. would be helpful. Okay, so I know we've touched on it already, but just speak, uh, Kyle, why don't you speak just a little bit more clarity and I think that we've already said this, but let's re- reiterate before we move forward. Is there a functional or a, 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 any actual difference between a quote-unquote pastor and a quote-unquote elder? No. Uh, I will say that you know the, the office of elder, pastor, functionally are the same as we see it biblically. Uh, there's not like separate qualifications for each one. Um, we see the tasks uh, laid out the same. Now, in our church and in most churches, you know, you may have uh, staff elders, you know, that, that get paid by the congregation. And uh, Patrick and I, we are lay elders. That means that we have our other jobs. And, um, Does that you know, mean you guys take lots of naps? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The opposite. <laughs> no. That's a pretty that good means, dad joke. Yeah. I know. Lay I'm sorry. Elders, yes. Couldn't help myself. Yes. No. No, that means we have two jobs. We have a full-time job, and then we are, uh, we're guys, also elders. You guys so. kind of have to work harder, actually. Yeah, so you yeah. can don't, own that, by the way. Don't tell Jason. Don't tell Jason. I'll be in your corner for that. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I will say that different elders have different roles within the church, but as far as the function of an elder and the elder group, then the function of the elder is the same as a pastor. Yeah, I think so. that's really good. Thanks for that. So I, I, you've read off the qualifications, and so where wherever that – particular elder ends up serving in a particular manner all of them across the board must meet these qualifications mm-hmm. right there's not like a first tier second tier in that regard right yeah, would you guys correct. both agree mm-hmm. just for clarification absolutely and you know off air before we were um you know on air and formally getting the uh, conversation going here we actually brought up the historical form baptist particular baptist distinction of qualified teaching men, qualified men versus pastors or elders. And I think one of the somewhat key distinctions between the two is uh, qualified men uh, who can teach, obviously, are the gifted teachers, um, but they may not meet every single qualification of a pastor, or they may not be uh, qualified to rule. They may not uh, have governing gifts, if you will, uh, that you see in the qualifications listed, but they're good teachers. Um, so a distinction even could be made there um, where uh, all elders or pastors must meet the same uh, requirements, must be um, all of those things listed in First Timothy 3, Titus 1. Um, but gifted teachers who may not meet everything can have a, a, a subordinate role, if you will, within the church to teach a class or something like that. Yeah, under that, the would, that would leadership fall under the, the yeah, exactly. I'm glad you said that. That would fall in the realm of like Sunday school teaching, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Sunday evening teaching, where it's um, a little bit more informal teaching. They're still teaching the word of God, but they're mm-hmm. under the elders well, sure. in a, in a, and even under their guidance and, you know, yeah, even trying to grow uh, younger uh, future exactly. elders, um, you know, how can you test them and really know that they're able to teach well unless you give them opportunities to teach and, exactly. and maybe yep. preach on a Sunday morning, right? That's um, who is yep. growing into an eldership role. Just a, a helpful distinctive maybe for yeah, us as like even that. in our, our church, there are men who teach Sunday school that aren't actually elders. Yes, exactly. All right, so we've, we've looked at a few questions already. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, if you've been to our church long at all, 
Um, you know that there are, we've already mentioned it as well, but there are multiple elders at our church. I think if my count is correct, there are five currently as of uh, September of 2023, five elders. Uh, two of those are um, vocational and three are lay elders. So uh, let's talk about this plurality um, concept. Um, how is it, there, there might be a question, how is it then that one church can have more than one pastor? You know, that might, I know that sounds a little bit <laughs> A bunch simple, of chiefs just but, can't work, right? <laughs> but that, I mean, someone may have a real uh, question. How can one church have so many pastors if we're saying that elder pastor is the same thing? Right. Uh, that may be a little new. Well, for yeah, some. sure. That comes from the thought that uh, pastor is the president and CEO, right? Um, because functionally, so many churches have that model. Yeah. Um, but as we've already briefly mentioned, it's actually very important that you have a plurality of elders. Um, it's good for the church because they can function in such a way that uh, something I am not gifted in, Kyle is gifted in, and something Kyle's not gifted in, Jason is gifted in, and, and so on and so forth. We have various, and that even plays back into our uh, various everyday functions, uh, play into the strength of each elder. Um, we are all there to hold each other accountable. If uh, one of us is uh, getting off base, the rest, you know, come around them and whip them. Not literally, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, we in love. Hey, who uh, wants to join the team? <laughs> in love, bring them back and encourage them back yeah, to yeah. Uh, the the truth. Um, so it's very important, and you see it in scripture time and again. Um, you know, I I think it's true that um, pretty much every time the elder word for elder, pastor, overseer is used, it's in the plural in the New Testament, with the exception of I believe Paul refers to himself. In the singular, and I believe Timothy does as well. Um, other than that, every time it's appoint overseers, appoint elders, the pastors, right? Uh, you have Titus one five talking about appointing elders in every city. Uh, James chapter five and verse fourteen um, tells you to uh, call for the elders of the church in the context of uh, praying uh, for the sick. Uh, uh, again, Hebrew, all through Hebrews thirteen, I think, is another one. That we talked about prior, it speaks to plurality mm-hmm. there. Sure. Which is always in the plural. Almost, always in almost the plural. Every single time. Yeah, again and again and again, all through Acts, I believe there's <laughs> somewhere around 20 uh, references to elders in the plural, and, and every single time. Jerusalem it's in the Council, Acts 15, I think, is another one that I would think of. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's all through there. Um, even in Acts 20, yep. where Paul is speaking to the Ephesian elders, right? He's He's pulled the elders together and he's pleading with them. You know, it's not the Ephesian elder, but it's the elders of the church at Ephesus. So um, it's plain and evident in the scriptures and it's it's very, very important um, because no one of us five would, would always be uh, where we need to be apart from the other of the five. Yeah, and yeah. I think, uh, I'll pass this to Kyle, um, but I think that the, there's a trite kind of like a, just a cultural phrase sometimes that we say, but I think that it rings true in this context that there's strength in numbers. Um, there's wisdom and counsel from another brother. That We take that from Paul, uh, from Proverbs. Um, it, uh, one who is wise uh, would consult another, and I think that that would play into a huge reason why a church ought to have multiple elders. Right, and the reason it works so well is because no one elder exists to serve his agenda, to yeah. promote his agenda. Yeah. Um, the function of all five of us is God's agenda. A right? common agenda. There's a right. common agenda that yeah. we're all striving toward, not our own. So it works 
You know, there's not that tension there. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. You have anything to add here? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, you referenced uh, Hebrews 13, and, uh, you know, that one definitely does uh, talk about it being plural. Obey your leaders and submit to them. So them is the plural. But then it goes on to say, for they are keeping watch over your souls as to those who will, get, as to those who will have to give an account. Mm. We have... Over 200, 250 people here. I mean, you know, any given Sunday we may have, you know, 175 to 200. But, you know, can you imagine if it's just one person that is trying to have to give an account for 250 souls? I mean, that's a, that's a heavy burden to try to bear. I mean, a lot of people think of a pastor as just every Sunday giving up and preaching a sermon and then going back into his office. But there is a lot more to pastoring than just uh, delivering the Sunday service, right? And that's the tip of the iceberg. That is the very tip of the iceberg. I mean, that's why, you know, pastor and shepherd, they're synonymous. You know, you think of a shepherd, I mean, they're somebody that's out there with their flock, caring for their flock, loving their flock, protecting their flock. And, you know, just to think of one guy being able to carry that burden all by himself, um, that's another reason I think a plurality of elders is so important, is to be able to more effectively to shepherd the flock. You know, there's relationships that uh, Patrick has with, you know, members of the congregation that I don't and vice versa. And we have Kent, who's uh, been an elder and, um, you know, who is an elder and he has relationships with people that I don't have strong relationships with. And so, you know, and that's natural and that's good. And, you know, that's one of the ways that we as elders can give an account to to those in the church as, as we watch over their souls. So that's very good. Yeah. And so a kind of a follow up question to the plurality question Um, would you guys have anything to say? It can be brief even, but is there like a a number to shoot for with however many elders? Uh, Like talk about that. Like do you have too many? Can you have too few? I think we – I think we all agree that one is too few. <laughs> one is too few. Yes, you can have a plurality of elders without uh, more than one. No, now, that's not I mean, to say that a church is in sin. With yeah. one. If, if that's all at the moment that the Lord has provided that church, of course. But I think that the, we probably agree that that church should strive to add to, if there's just one man available at the time, yep. then you start with one and you move forward. Yeah. You, you I mean, want a simple answer. Here's a simple sorry. answer. Answer. <laughs> they should have exactly as many as they need. There you there go. There you go. <laughs> hey, I, I, I like that. I like that. I'm going to say that one more time. They should have exactly as many as they need. I like that. Yeah. I think it does have to, to do with, I think the Lord blesses each congregation differently. Um, there are some congregations that the Lord just uses the, the particular church to raise men up constantly. He gives the church men, he raises them up and they send them out. Um, you know, there are churches that do that well. There are churches that are, are not that way. And I don't think that either one of those is wrong, but I think just generally speaking, I like what you said, as many as is needed for that particular conversa- congregation. If there's a congregation in need, well, that church ought to be striving to raise up other men to meet those needs, right? Everything to to no. add to that. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think the size of the congregation is probably going to somewhat dictate, you know, how of many course, elders yeah. are in the church. Yeah. But you know, you were talking about uh, listening to a nine marks. I was listening to some of their stuff even this morning, and you know, I think they had like they have like thirty something elders. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of elders <laughs> in a church. Can we you imagine six. an elder meeting? I know. That's what I was thinking. Like we have you know five, and sometimes our elder meetings, you know, go on and on with discussion. I can imagine having thirty. So, but I think uh, yeah, I think what Patrick said. That is uh, is great. Yeah, somewhat if, somewhat trite. I mean, what but, Kyle said uh-huh. better hits the nail on the head. If yeah. if we had thirty elders, 
with 170 attendants, that would be strange. Yes, that would be strange. <laughs> but at the same time, if we only had two elders, you know, bumping up 170, 180, that would also, I think, be a little strange, right? Mm-hmm. In, in my mind, I would kind of see both of those not being a good scenario. It's like, where are the, where are the men? You know, if it, yeah. was, if it was only a few, why don't you guys have any more elders here? Um, so those are interesting questions, I think. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it all uh, was dependent upon things that have already been said, you know, size of the congregation, even uh, perhaps maybe pragmatically thinking the, the structure and the function of the church, you know, how with the way the church is in the particular context, you know, how many people can one pastor effectively care for? That's a great question. You know, um, can we care for 50 people well all the time and i think the answer is no right you've you've got to have enough to where you can have you know a a circle of influence where each pastor is uh caring you know personally for everybody in the church you know each pastor has a sphere right so the elder team collectively collectively serves serves everyone absolutely and right. it isn't a you know you have you end up with five miniature con- congregations in your no, congregation. Right. So that's not obviously what we want. But the the point is, I love what you just said is uh, how many how many people can one man you know just and baseline care for you know spiritually and emotionally in, in some cases and and all of I mean think about just in your own personal life all of the the ups and downs, the challenges, the trial, just in your own personal life, and then multiply that by, right. you know, 10 or 15 or 20. That's a lot for just right. one these man. Are, these are people we need to care for well enough. That's right. With the reality of Hebrews 13, that we're going to have to give an account for their souls. Exactly. So that's uh, it's an important a heavy comment. burden to bear. Heavy, mm-hmm. heavy burden to bear. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it may work out that, you know, the lay elders have smaller, um, you know, spheres of influence than the, on staff. Um, just from the functionality of, you know, Kyle and I work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, whatever the week demands, uh, whereas um, the staff elders are able to pour in all through the week. Um, that's not saying anything positive or negative about either lay or staff. Uh, we joked earlier about how we have a harder job, but I would be almost willing to bet that Jason Rowland has a harder job because he bears a heavy load and, and – he can't turn it off and not think about it while he's doing his other job. Yeah, he he lives to shepherd. He lives for his people. And I think that that is, um, you know, that that's a mark, honestly, that all pastor shepherds ought to shoot for, of course. Okay, so let's, uh, we're at the, we probably need to wrap this up in about five minutes or so. Really good conversation, guys. Um, thank you for your time today. So let's just end the episode. Someone may be curious about, and of course, we can talk about the two different roles, the lay and vocational. But just in general, and if you have specifics, that's fine. What does an elder do? Um, what are his responsibilities? And you can think about this not quite so much in the, you know, the super mundane detail, but just think m- more broad picture. Like here at Believers Baptist, we have five men who are on the elder team. And uh, what are just some responsibilities that, that you guys have and the just kind of leave that open yeah um there's a lot that could be said there for your question um but one thing i do want to do as we kind of dive into this uh the 1689 the second london baptist confession of faith that the elders would uh, pretty well hold to at our church um 
on its uh, its chapter number 26 on the church, the 10th paragraph is super, super helpful. And we won't read the whole thing, but just the first two sentences summarize really the role of an elder uh, better than I could, so I would just prefer to read it. It says, The work of pastors is to give constant attention to the service of Christ in his churches in the ministry of the word and prayer. They are to watch over the souls of church members as those whom must give an account to Christ. Um, so that kind of you know summarizes what we've been talking about, and there's several scriptural texts that we could go to, and perhaps we'll hit a few. Um, but the nuts and bolts are we are responsible for the ministry of the word, uh, the ministry of prayer, and caring for the souls of those under our, our flock, if you will. Yep. Yeah, Kyle. And the ministry of the right. word, you know, I mean, we, we do elders meetings. Uh, we meet once a month. Um, so, I mean, that's a big part of what, uh, of what we do as elders. I mean, as, I mean, as far as, you know, us getting together and meeting and, you know, the ministering of the word is uh, not just the teaching, but, you know, we come together. We just did it last week where we come together and we discuss a, def- a tough text and, you know, we kind of dive through it and uh, dig into it and, you know, uh, you know, talk about what we, uh, you know, what, what it means or, um, you know, and so, um, so yeah, I mean, as elders, we're we're praying, we're uh, we're teaching. Um, you know, uh, in Titus, I believe it's Titus. No, nope, it's not Titus. It's Peter. Uh, I like here. Um, it's First uh, Peter five, and uh, verse three. Um, it talks about uh, about being an elder um, to shepherd the flock, and then it says um, we're not to be domineering over those in charge, but being examples to the flock. So the idea also that as elders were to be examples to the flock, right? Our lives should uh, should reflect what we talk about on a weekly basis. We shouldn't uh, leave the building and live a completely uh, separate life, you know, aside from the church. So, um, you know, that's a that's a it's a big thing to be able to do. So I think being examples to the flock, teaching, praying, I think those are all uh, primary or all example or yeah, functions. Yeah, uh, text of the comes to mind as well. I think it's Ephesians four where God is. Uh, put uh there's a few like pastor teachers evangelists and those kinds of things uh put them in the churches for the to to raise up the saints for the work of ministry too so there's an equipping element to what you guys do as well um equipping believers within the church to therefore then go and do the work of ministry Mm -hmm. as well so i guess what i want you know bring out there is that although you guys lead in the ministries you lead in the ministering of the word um, you aren't the only people doing ministry <laughs> at our church. Sure. You're you're helping equip, train, teach those others to do the same thing. Um, so that's it, and that that can be in many different ways. Patrick, anything to uh, add to that at all? Um, I don't know that I have any other other thoughts surrounding it that uh, we want to dive into today. So fair point. I think fair that, point. That summarizes it pretty well. Well, um, I think that will wrap our episode up today. We certainly thank you, listener, for taking your time to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast and this particular episode in our new members series. We surely hope that it's been a blessing to you. Don't forget, uh, if you like what you've heard today, you can like and share these podcasts. Um, Please do for us, especially those who are locally uh, that would be helped uh, by this content. Uh, Share it through social media, email, text message, however you share media. That would be great. And don't forget the final thing is uh, you can submit us a question. If you have any thoughts for us on the Asking for a Friend podcast, you can go to our website, bbcemory.org. 
go to the media tab, scroll to the bottom of the page, and there you'll find a box that you can submit us a question or content to consider at a future podcast date. But as usual, until next time, grace and peace be with you all.